not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Welcome to Vague Zone. I am Daniel. Joining me as always is co-host. Hey, Thomas. What's up? And this week we are back to the purge. We are wrapping it up with uh, the final purge, also known as the first purge. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thomas, do you have the synopsis? Would you like to take over reading that? Yes. All right. America's third political party, the New Founding Fathers of America, comes to power and conducts an experiment. No laws for 12 hours on Staten Island. No one has uh, no one has to stay on the island, but $5,000 is given to anyone who does. And so, yeah, this is like the initial political, social, economic, you know, whatever, experiment to kind of kick off the entire purge, like, franchise. But this is a prequel, so this is the fourth movie in the franchise, but this is rewinding it back to the initial incident yeah the naming isn't very good calling this the first purge because yeah. i've already experienced some confusion with it's, that it's like the xbox one x oh boy <laughs> um so yeah thomas what did you think of the first purge well i like this movie i like this movie a lot i don't like love it i think it has its issues but as far as like kind of as its own i think it's a really strange it's a really strange, like, sci-fi, dystopian kind of action movie. It has this purge context, but the way everything kind of unfolds feels very, I don't know, it feels kind of like a Twilight Zone episode, more like the first movie. And so, yeah, it's definitely, like, it has its action moments, but, yeah, it has its own little kind of vibe to it. And so, yeah, I like it a lot. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's definitely, like, <laughs> I don't know, very... Uh, I don't want to say obvious in some ways, but yeah, it's the images that it uses are like very direct. And so, yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah. I, as I was watching this, there were times where I was like, is this the best purge movie or is it like tied for the best? But then like, I, I watched this last night. So the more I've had time, I've had to think about it, the less sure of it I am. Um, I definitely so th- so this was the first movie not directed by uh, I think his name's James Dimonaco. Yeah. Um he handed it off to director Gerard McMurray. Um and I feel like you definitely notice that. I think Gerard McMurray has a better sense of first off a way better sense of action. I think the action in this movie is way better than the previous movies. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this one definitely leans way more into action than uh than you know horror. Uh, yeah. It almost feels like it's completely stripped of its horror. Yeah, <clears throat> the way it like unfolds, yeah, it doesn't really feel like that eerie. The way the action kind of unfolds is always like a moral kind of situation happening, and so there's always like a lot of like thought before 
every uh, before the guns kind of go off, there's some thought and some images to kind of process before everything kind of unfolds. There's also one action sequence where it feels like they watched the Netflix Daredevil show and they were like, oh, I want to do sort of a close quarters, uh, long take fight scene. Yeah. Just like that show. But the thing is, this the fight scene in this one actually has at least a couple obvious cuts in it. Um, yeah, yeah. So they don't, they don't quite pull it off, but it has the same sort of like energy. Um, yeah. But I- yeah... I- uh, go ahead, I, go ahead. I was gonna say this episode kind of reminds me of a like a Black Mirror episode in some ways too, where it just feels like a a very wide social experiment that kind of affects hmm. a core group of people, and yeah, it's just about this this very tough gangster guy kind of facing his his neighborhood being imposed upon by this outside force, and then they like kind of are de- deciphering like this shit pretty quickly, and as it's unfolding, it like yeah, it just turns into what's kind of typical for a Persian movie, but yeah, the way they, the way they do it in the particular images that they use, I think in this movie and like kind of how they have the villains versus our heroes. It, I think it is very effective. In the- um, it's funny that you mentioned, you mentioned both black mirror and the twilight zone in relation to this. And Gerard McMurray, after directing this, he went on to direct an episode of uh, twilight zone for George okay. Peel. So, okay, yeah. cool. So yeah, maybe I, Jordan Peele had the same uh, kind of idea. Yeah, maybe. I only watched the first two episodes of that series because I think an hour long is too long for definitely for those kind of little stories and for whatever those little parables are. But yeah, I think the remake it, it was all right. It was okay. But yeah, I think for a movie and then for a purge movie, this is like a really good version of that. I think in my mind, a perfect purge movie would be. More horror, the kind of smaller. Purge. Yeah, it'd be like more akin to the first movie as far as like the scale of it. This one feels like the second and third one, where it's like kind of taking place over the city and the community is getting affected by it. But I think this one does it a little bit better as far as like it's not just like gunfire and running through the city like two and three were. This is a little bit more slower paced. Hmm. Okay. Because, yeah, I don't know. There's sometimes where. I feel like this one, the action... So, so all, all all of these movies are produced by Michael Bay, which I find really weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think this one has the action scenes where I kind of get that the most. Um, there's a scene later yeah. in the movie uh, that takes place mostly in fog. Like someone throws a smoke grenade and there's like a, a shootout. A guy's annihilating people with a machete and stuff. Yeah. And... Yeah. I don't know, just there's something about the energy of the action in this that feels way more I don't want to say Michael Bay because we know what that means, but it's definitely closer to him than what we've seen in the previous movies. I would agree. Um, yeah, like looking kind of like as the franchise as a whole, it's like the one is its own thing, two and three are, are very similar in like feel and setup and just overall kind of execution. The endings are kind of crazy, but as far as, like, if you watch two and three in the same night like I did, you'd probably get them kind of mixed up. But this one definitely sticks out, and, yeah, I think the whole, like, offering the $5,000 to the community and, like, just this whole moral dilemma and this money dilemma that kind of leads it up, and it feels more of, like, a, like just, like, a, a weird Tuskegee type of, like, experiment instead of just, like, you know, the traditional you know, the TV goes on and then we're in the purge like it was in the other films. This is more like, oh, what is this? Like, are you going to do this? Like, everyone's kind of like unsure. And so, yeah, I like the the buildup feels a little bit more alien. Like they just, no one really quite knows. And I, I like the fact that it opens up with the, the white, really close up shot of the 
the guy with the NFFA and he's interviewing this guy and he's just like, yeah, like I want a purse. And he's like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm like, oh yeah, this movie just starts off little. He just, this white guy just steals this guy's idea immediately. Like this is, this is great. Like, this <laughs> well, also <laughs> the guy who give who uses the term the purge, which gives them the name, he also gets the first purge kill in the movie. Yeah. So it's like this guy, Skeletor is that character's name. This guy is like a pioneer for the purge. Yeah. He is definitely, yeah, he's, he is the Purge's, uh, George Washington, I guess. <laughs> uh, she's just like George Washington. I don't know why um, I blanked on that for a brief <laughs> like, I would fail history class so badly right now if I three I think, I think, uh, one of the things that's interesting about this is that, like, it is a prequel, and I think it might be one of the better prequel movies I've seen, because, like, all of these movies yeah. are very much... Uh, constrained by their premise. Like, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get with a Purge movie. You know how these movies are going to play out. And it's a prequel that sets up the Purge as a holiday, but it is still a Purge movie. It is still falling in line with, you know, what we expect from this scenario. Um, So it's not like... It's not like uh, the Star Wars prequels or something like that, where it's like, well, we're going to make a very different type of movie... Uh, to get us to the types that you liked, it's just like uh, these yeah. movies are all kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's not like in this movie we see a young Ethan Hawke who's like sort of cursed, or even like you know, <laughs> yeah, that'd the, be hilarious. Like the politician that, like you know, her story starts here and then you know it gets yeah. retconned entirely. Jar Jar Banks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, we this is, is entirely its own little story, which is really good. Yeah, we find out Ethan Hawke made C three PO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But so yeah. yeah, do we wanna do we wanna like break down the plot? Do we wanna discuss some of the politics? Like what where should we go from here? Um yeah, before we uh go into I would say I guess a little breakdown of the plot, but I was just gonna mention a thing I like about this prequel is that since it's a we talk about the rules a lot, like this kind of benefits from it being the first one, it's it has kind of the freedom to to have its own set of rules that mm-hmm. kind of only work in this one and it's justified by the fact that, well, this is the first one, it's a prototype, so the stuff we're seeing in this one does not have to be bound to the way the rest of the purges kind of operate. And so I I like that it's, it's a prequel, so, you know, it's it's attached, but it's it's not really, you know, married to the rules and the the A, B, and C of how, you know, how it all, how it all plays out. But yeah, let's talk about the plot. I think the, a good little plot breakdown would be a good thing to get into. Um, so yeah, you should probably take the lead on this because, like I said, I was drinking when I was watching it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I almost I was gonna watch this because it showed up on TV on TNT, and I was like, oh, should I watch this on TNT? And I was like, no, like I can't watch the censored version of this movie. I need to yeah. <laughs> sit down and actually get the full experience. But yeah, this movie opens up with. The new founding fathers, they're interviewing this guy who we later find out his name is Skeletor, but he's kind of talking to him about, you know, what do you need to release and, you know, what are your urges? And he just, he's kind of going off on just how he wants to, wants to murder and he has these violent intentions and he literally says, like, I want to purge and the guy's like, oh, like, purge, interesting. And so that leads us to this sort of island-wide experiment that's happening to Staten Island. And so the new founding fathers they are offering the residents $5,000 to stay at home during this experiment, this 12-hour crime spree, basically known as the purge that we know it as. And so, yeah. So Naya is this, like, really outspoken, 
um, uh, she, I don't, I almost said social justice warrior, which is not, <laughs> that is not, not what I want to call her. She's, she's, she's protesting the purge. She yeah, she is. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, she is protesting the purge. She is out there and there's a line of people that are like in the community that are going in and they're signing up and they're basically getting a little package and like, the promise of $5,000 and the more you participate, the better. And so we have Naya who's like really outspoken in the streets with the megaphone. And then we also have Dimitri who is this kind of uh, drug dealer within this, uh, within the, Oh, the projects, I guess. I want to say city. Yeah. It, like, I, I think city, but this is all like taking place on Staten Island. So it's all like yeah. very enclosed. And so yeah, Dimitri's like this badass drug dealer who's kind of, you know, he's he has his whole crew and he's just like, hey, nobody go out tonight. Nobody do anything crazy. We're just here to survive and get through this. And then some people within his gang are like, nah, fuck that. Like, let's go out and purge. Like, this sounds dope. And so there's a little bit of a, the beginnings of some power struggles kind of happening yeah. early on. Because Dimitri's whole thing is like, you know, this is going to be an opportunity for rival gangs to, uh, you know, come and steal our shit. This might yeah. be an opportunity for the police to come and fuck us up without having to worry about the law. Um, so, yeah, he just wants to, you know, defend the f- defend his fortress. You know, we're going to defend our place. We're going to defend our money. We're just going to be on lockdown. Um, yeah. And we don't want to leave the city because that'll attract attention and it'll make us look like cowards. And so, yeah, he has like the one like kind of outspoken guy who's like... I, I like the way that it's shot too. It's kind of in a silhouette, and they're in like in this garage, and then he's just like, "No, nah, man, fuck that!" And like the one we finally see him, he just knocks him down, and puts a knife to his neck, and just like, "Okay, like, kind of get in line." But yeah, on the other side of town, there's Naya, and she has a younger brother, and the younger brother is like trying to make his way in the drug game, and so he's out on the corner trying to, you know, make a name for himself in that world, and he gets his throat cut by Skeletor, who's like just aggro and kind of wigging out and so they have this weird little early confrontation and so when it actually starts when the purge actually kicks off later in the evening isaiah goes out to take out skeletor to kind of make it like to basically to get his uh manhood back or basically whatever like he got, yeah he got embarrassed like, yeah and so he's going skeletor back to Skeletor wrongs him so he needs to get a revenge yeah skeletor like humiliates him in front of all these people and so he has to go back and get revenge and yeah, so that's kind of so some one of the, the interesting things, things. One of the interesting things about Skeletor that I, I found out was that the actor wore that makeup and rode, I think, the New York subways to his audition. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so yeah, imagine seeing that guy on fucking transit. Yeah, he's he's good, and not a lot of the other movies really give us like a a person as I don't know dynamic or as visual as him as like a villain on the purge side we have some other characters kind of like that in two and three but this is the first one where it's like okay this is like a a a lunatic we really have to kind of keep our eyes out on yeah he kind of reminded me of uh the sort of like prom queen character from election year i think it was election year um, yeah. From, uh, yeah, from, from election, Anarchy? You know, from uh, Election, election yeah. from, from Three, yeah. Uh, yeah, now the, both of those movies blend. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it kind of reminded me of her, where it's like, you know, these movies, they want to, like, they're mostly interested in making a political statement, but because of the concept, they have to leave room for, you know what, sometimes crazy people are just going to want to murder people. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of reminded me of the prom girl character because it feels like that's basically the role she fulfills in that movie however 
Skeletor's actor is actually doing a really great job where I feel like yeah. that performance, maybe it's not even the point, maybe it's the character, but that was way too fucking much in the last movie. Yeah, I think this one's really good and like yeah, he's kind of like talking to him <laughs> that he ha- like has the razor blade hidden in his mouth and so, yeah, like he yeah, like, he has that's a, a really, fucking great detail. A really grimy <laughs> move and so yeah, like, he's he's a really dirty dude and the fact that he's really instrumental, he comes up he has the name of the purge and then he's also the first person to do it over the night which gets yeah. him up to like it's all thanks millions to of views. Yeah, Skeletor is yeah. the he is the inciting incident. <laughs> people should be like, there should be people in these movies like cutting their faces to look like Skeletor because he's like the hero of the Purge. Yeah, he is actually kind of. I wanted to mention this as far as like spoiler territories later when he's taken out. It's like I was like, damn, like that's like unfortunate because like he has a, a nice little kind of moment towards the end, which I I, I appreciate. Um, kind of talking about the prequel aspects of this though. Yeah. Um, that kind of reminded what you just said kind of reminded me of it. I, I think it would have been interesting if in this movie you get to the beginnings of the rebellion. Um, I'm not sure if we're supposed to think that that's what happens by the end of this movie because yeah. this movie does end on a on a you know we have to protect our neighborhood sort of message. I mean we know how this movie's gonna end. The fucking purge ends up going nationwide, so the founding fathers win. Yeah. But um it does end with this feeling of like okay all of us people here in the city we need to you know unite and defend ourselves uh and fight yeah, back yeah that's one thing i wrote down because uh dimitri gives a speech in their like little armory and i, I was like that's like the closest we get to anything that's uh i forget the, uh, the names of the guys from the other ones um of like Dante or like Carmelo. Yeah. It's like, he gives him like a pretty good speech when he's in there. He's like, yo, like we're going to fucking kill these people. Like they can't come to our neighborhood. Well, like we're going to fight. Like his speech is so much better. I'm going to butcher it, but yeah, it's, it's great. And I, I got that feeling in that moment. I was like, okay, this is like our revolutionary. He might, it might not be him. It might be Naya depending on, you know, what happens the, the day after. But in this moment, Dimitri fills that role perfectly. And he's like, you know, He's that guy. He's he's badass. <laughs> yeah, I was also wondering if like we were gonna get a, cause uh, there's that woman in the last movie. I think her name's Lepikenya Muerte or something like that. Yeah. Like it, I was like, oh, maybe we'll get like a seed of that in this movie, and she'll like there'll be this young woman who's like a badass, and we'll understand. Oh, that's where she came from or something. But that's yeah. just like cheeseball prequel shit. Like I don't know if yeah. it needed that. Yeah, and it's it's so great that it doesn't do. Any anything like connecting is just like okay, this is just a purge night that happens yeah. in Staten Island. That's Another why other movie. Yeah, that's why I appreciate it. It feels like yeah, a Black Mirror like little episode. So yeah, it's 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 cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. um so where did we leave off with breakdown? Um. I I think we we're like I was getting just to right oh, Isaiah, before things picked off basically. Yeah, Isaiah wanted to kill Skeletor. Basically. Yeah, he wants to kill Skeletor. Um, and then right after that, uh, Naya cr- confronts Dimitri and they have this kind of like little philosophical discussion where she's, she's like, you know, this purge thing is once a night, well, sorry, once a year, but you, f- you fucking ruin our community 364 days a year. And so she has this, like this pretty big, like this speech against him where he's like, damn, like he kind of gets torn down when he, which kinda- I think is, I think is really important to, I think one of my issues with this movie, but I think we'll need to come back to that. So, you know, when, when we when we get to the ending, I want to talk about, like, the role of drug dealers in this movie. Totally, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, sorry. Let me uh, rewind a little bit. Uh, as we have this, like, protest scene, um, Dimitri runs into Naya, and then we get a little bit of, like, community interaction, and there's these three guys kind of, like, watching the situation, and he calls them the three wise men, and so there's, like, these three good dudes in, like, red, blue, and green, and so they, like, kind of, like, comment on the, like, the political, like, uproar that's kind of happening across the way, and hmm. that... I, I like I appreciate that like the community in this movie feels a lot more organic and it doesn't really feel forced as like the purge night is leading up everyone is kind of gathering into a church and like this church is just like going to be the shelter for the night and there what we is, have go what ahead. is red blue and green symbolic for uh I'm not sure I just I'm you know I, I'm always looking out for color schemes and yeah. themes and so like I, I was like, like, the flag of Azerbaijan is red. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think as far as, like, a, a flag necessarily, but I just I, I just thought that they, look, that color scheme is specific just for, you know, these guys are, like, the primary color, so they're going to be kind of, like, our main guys, so to speak, mm. you know, just, like, you know, like, the the trio to, to hold it down, and it might not be all of them that survives, but, you know, that's going to be the, the kind of cornerstone. There's for, a weird... There's a little weird moment in there where one of the guys says something about them being the Three Stooges, and he makes a Larry, Moe, and Jerry girl joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, this is... Okay, so James Demonaco writes these movies. He's a white dude. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I don't know, like... Yeah, that's that. There's something unusual about that to, and then like uncomfortable about that to me to think about. Like, see, that's how I felt in three. In three, like the dude Joe in the well, it's the because it's, so it's much because more of egregious. yeah, it's because of some of the stuff that you mentioned in three that I was like watching for it this time around. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, like this, the director of this movie is black, and I think that's interesting. That's. Uh, for the movie that he handed off to a black director, it was this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's good because it, it's not, uh, it doesn't really push the comic comic relief because it is present in this movie. Like, we have the, when they get to the church, we meet, like, this other character. I forget her name. Um, is it? Dolores. Know, not, yeah, we meet Dolores, and she's just, like, really foul mouth and just like you know stealing liquor yeah. from the... all quips and stuff oh yeah, yeah she's yeah. drinking out of a flask at church and stuff like that yeah and it sort of felt like that same thing i was like okay you kind of need a comic relief and i was just like okay it just didn't feel as cringy and so i was like okay like she feels a lot more real and like kind of like lived in i guess hmm. after isaiah gets cut he basically he's like okay i'm gonna sign up for the purge and he goes and he has his little interview with the intake lady or whatever we want to call it and they give him the package and you know they talk about the five thousand dollars at the end and yeah. basically inside the box are these pairs of contact lenses that record all of your actions over the night and so it's just for data just so they can kind of keep track and broadcast all of the purges and actions that happen over the evening it's yeah like, i think this is one of the coolest parts of the movie is because like these contact lenses are a great effect yeah um, yeah i agree uh, and I like wonder, like I feel like obviously they did it with a computer, but did they have the actors wear any sort of contact lens that they could then touch up? Or I don't know. I'm really curious how they pulled this off. Yeah, I would guess it was probably something within the same color or hue, and then they just kind of bumped it up or just kind of added some 
some glow like the kind of they yeah. do that with like the lightsabers it'll be a green saber but they'll just mm. after effects it and just make it glow and super super cool yeah they all have these like little tron contacts where when like all the night scenes they're just it, it, it looks like an animal glowing in headlights or something like that yeah and the different characters kind of have different colors and so yeah that's what also like i i wrote down the colors of the the three wise men because i was like yeah i feel like colors get used really well in this movie with just like kind of following the heroes and seeing like who are they going after and like what color their eyes are and so yeah he i think his are like blue or like a greenish like teal kind of color and so yeah it's really dope and it's like yeah it's like he's putting them on and it's like turning the the switch from this regular movie to like this tron kind of action all night violent movie where i wonder going out on the spree i wonder if his color is supposed to make him look more innocent because it is more of like a gentle color it doesn't look very sinister yeah and i think uh skeletor has either like either yellow or purple or something a little bit more like further down the hue i wish i took a note of that but yeah i think that is one of the stronger parts of the movie because yeah all these purge movies takes place overnight and so yeah this is the first one where there's a little bit of a a a visual kind of flair added to the participants and so there's also this other layer of like okay if you don't have contacts on you're not a participant in the purge and so yeah you can kind of yeah you can identify people better yeah so yeah it's a little bit clearer and so yeah and it also it also introduces an element of people trying to hide in the dark and but their eyes are glowing yeah yeah and so after we have him kind of do his little suit up he goes out into the night and so yeah the look these drones are following him around and so the NFFA is keeping track of this. We haven't even talked about Marissa Tomei and the other dude who <laughs> yeah. are like inside of the control room. And so and yeah, Marissa Tomei is totally phoning it in in this movie. <laughs> it doesn't feel like she's trying at all. Like one production day at most. I'm telling. <laughs> isn't she Academy Award winning? Yes, for <laughs> my cousin Vinny. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But yeah, I totally. We should put that on the list because I haven't seen that movie. I've never seen it. <laughs> Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, so that's, that, that'll be the next series that we do, is uh, the Cousin Vinny franchise. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's totally just like in this. There's a lot of like really obvious CGI in this movie. That's one of the, the downsides on it. Whenever there's not action purge on the ground stuff, there's this little thing going on with the NFFA. It's like Mercer Tomei and this other white dude, and they're like, they're in charge of this whole night, but she is on a different administrative side, and this guy is just straight NFFA, and he just wants things to go violent, as we all we know how they've gone. And so, yeah, yeah, they're, they're and it having does, this it back does, and forth. It does feel like the rest of the movie was shot. It kind of feels like the rest of the movie was shot, and they were like, "Eh, we got to do something with NFFA," and so yeah. they shot all of this other stuff completely separately. Yeah, I'm saying it like, feels like it was done it one day on the green screen, and they just, yeah. just call it. Well, there is, like, one scene that has incredibly heinous green screening where she's being interviewed by Van Jones. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it looks... I mean, these are low-budget movies. There's, like, they they rely on CG blood probably to save money, but, uh, yeah, that scene in particular looked pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, and it's curious. There's two cameos in this movie. Van Jones is in that, doing the interview, and then the rapper Designer is at the party that they Mm. happen on a little bit later, which I thought was super... Just random. I was like, okay, yeah, that guy who had one song. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is really, this is trippy of all the choices. But yeah, they, uh, he goes out into the night and there's like, there's not as much like 
going around and seeing people do purgy stuff in this movie like there were in two and three. We're yeah. following Isaiah, but Isaiah is like looking for looking for Skeletor. Naya is at the church and they both kind of go out looking for their perspective. You know, Naya's looking for Isaiah, but Isaiah's looking for Skeletor and they eventually run into each other after this whole party debacle. But yeah, the party is where it gets That's where have, shit really gets elevated. Yeah, yeah. Right so, before that, we have the scene at the ATM, which is one I really like, too, is because it's the only time we see someone try to do, like, a crime that's not just straight-up murder. It's this, this guy walks up to the ATM. He's like, oh, it's my night. It's finally tonight's the night. And he goes up to an yeah. ATM with a crowbar trying to pry it open, and that's when Skeletor shows and I up think and does the that's, first kill. I think that is what most people... Well, there is one other scene where some guys are, like, looting a store, and they're having a standoff with the store owner. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, I do think that if something like this happened, that is what a lot of people would do, is, like, they would just go steal shit. Like, they people don't want to be murdering each other. Uh, it's dangerous. <laughs> and, like, and you gotta live with that shit. And that's one of the plots of, or one of the little beats of this movie, is that, yeah, they'd rather just party, you know, just have a dance-off dance, dance off yeah. instead of... get drunk going. and do drugs in public. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> that's what I... So, like, as I was watching this, I was like, yeah, that'd be a good idea, is, like, you just, like, rent a warehouse... You get you get a bunch of drug dealers together, and you're like, you know, you hire security, and you're like, we're gonna get a bunch of armed people at the door. You come in, you'll have a fucking party. You can do drugs, whatever you want, and then in the morning you fucking go home. Yeah, no questions asked. You have to get get, yeah, you have to get scanned when you come in, so we make sure you're not bringing in any weapons or anything like that. Yeah, Uh, and we have like armed security to make sure, like, right? Yeah, that'd be perfect. It'll be cool. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be absolutely yeah. perfect. A safe yeah. place to, you know, go off. Yeah, so there's a little bit of that with it. Uh, there's a hint of that with this sh- little street party that they have. And so, yeah, Isaiah stumbles into this, and yeah, it's kind of all, all hell breaks loose when yeah. Skeletor just starts, like, just stabbing people. Just, yeah, he, like, stabs a woman who's dancing on him. And so Skeletor, we didn't mention, he has these uh, syringes to take, like, added attached to his knuckles yeah um, yeah he, does he i don't think he actually uses them at any point in the movie does he yeah no i remember that very briefly in like his moment where he's like i guess doing his little suit up thing but yeah it was so brief it doesn't really get a, call, a proper callback. but this woman's like dancing on him and i was like is she just gonna she's not gonna touch his <laughs> one <Yeah>. of his <laughs> needle his needle hands yeah uh, yeah yeah and then so he murders her just for the fuck of it i guess he finds two other people, uh, a man and a woman. He, like, murders the woman. He grabs the guy and stabs him, like, over and over and over again. Yeah, um, yeah. And I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> like, I had somewhere to go with it. But yeah. Go that, the, well, I was just going to say, that party, like, just gets really fucked up and everyone kind of disperses. And it leads to this other little bit of a, not a chase, but, yeah, it kind of makes things a little bit feel more dangerous again so yeah isaiah and naya are trying to get back to the church and get back to safety and i think this scene happens before but there's like a scene where she's running and someone like reaches out of a grate and tries to grab her well okay so yeah isaiah is running away from skeletor he ends up in a very dangerous like i don't know where he's at it feels like he's like underground or something like that um but he ends up in a very dangerous location and he calls his sister for help. And so she's on her way and as she's running, she gets like pulled into there. There's like a man 
in a sewer with a baby attached <laughs> like yeah, a baby like, like she gets caught on the leg like a, a ankle boot yeah trap he grabs and... he grabs her leg oh yeah that's what it is she like steps in one of those a trap and it sucks her over to like this this like sewer or something like that yeah yeah so there's like a man with like a cabbage patch kid like attached to his mouth and it's just crying and he's grabbing her legs and he grabs her by the pussy yeah. and uh she kicks him and she calls him like a pussy grabbing asshole or something like that she literally pussy grabbing motherfucker as she runs away so it's clearly a trump thing yeah Uh, it's like i thought this i thought it was kind of eye rolly just because it was so like on the nose um i do like that if anyone is being compared to trump it's uh like a man baby who lives in a sewer (laughs) yeah Um, that's, that's great so that's kind of funny but yeah it is like it was kind of a horrific thing to portray on in, in one of these movies though yeah, uh, and actually yeah, and, seeing him grab her and stuff yeah and there is a threat of sexual assault in the second one in anarchy yeah. when the guy is like he's the person that's like in the apartment but then once purse starts he kind of flips and he, he traps the two women inside the house and yeah this scene felt like yeah like a a comment on just like the trumpism as opposed to just like an actual like kind of menacing moment for this character to kind of go through and i was just yeah. like damn i was like this it's, felt like like a moment just for that punchline so i was like damn yeah like, really <laughs> it's like it stuck out and i was like oh shit yeah it's like this trumpism is coming really late especially for the this movie to have a, a 2016 entry that has so much political well shit in it. this came out in 2018 it was shot in 2017 yeah um yeah but yeah. i thought that was even i guess that that was something that came out during the campaign trail late in 2016 so i guess it would make oh, sense yeah. to yeah i guess well it came out yeah it came out during the campaign that's right so it, it would make sense to appear in this but yeah it just seems it just sticks out a lot so i was like okay like you guys are really aiming for something very modern yeah in that, i, I want to know what the reaction was like in theaters if people were just like oh okay yeah, like I groaning wish I, <laughs> I wish i remembered uh anyways all right, and so basically, after, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the synopsis right now. It's funny to get to the part when it's like the Klansmen that show up, and it's just like they're that because uh, that scene oh, sticks. Oh. Out. So the scene with Skeletor when Skeletor is murdering people at this uh, block party or whatever, uh, it is cross cut with a scene of Dimitri uh, locked up in his his fortress basically, and he's got two prostitutes to keep him company during the night. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so as things are heating up with Skeletor, as he's gonna, like, kill these people, it's revealed that these prostitutes are actually there to murder Dimitri. Uh, one of them pulls a knife out of, uh, one of the holes in a billiards table, and I think another one has, like, a weapon hidden somewhere else in the room. Yeah. But we get this crazy fight scene where Dimitri's just beating the shit out of these two (laughs) women. Yeah. Uh, And... He like he he overpowers them. He doesn't kill them or anything like that. He overpowers them, and they just kind of like uh, take them hostage. And <clears throat> it's revealed that Capital A, who's uh, one of one of the people in his crew, uh, has actually hired these women to try and get take him out. So it's part of the power struggle. Oh, and then like uh, Dimitri's gang just fucking annihilates Capital A and his his cronies. Yeah. And I, I was trying to figure out exactly when the introduction of these outside gangs kind of gets woven in. But as it's progressing over the night, we sort of check back in with 
Marissa Tomei and uh, I guess they call it the architect and this other dude who's the chief of staff and there's a moment where there's like they're together they're together and then the guy is off for a bit and then they come back and all of a sudden like oh there's a lot more violence and a lot more purging happening oh what happened like this shift sort of took place and the guy and then like obviously Marissa Tomei is like yo like this is like something's wrong like that like this it doesn't make sense like no one was doing these people seem like they're outsiders yeah like they were just partying there it was kind of just like mostly chilling for the most part except for that for Skeletor doing his thing yeah and then he yeah and then the guy's like oh don't worry just like just don't ask any questions just let it happen and then she goes off into this other room and starts doing this whole thing with this sorry uh, she goes into this other room and looks at the security footage and the security footage of where these gangs are coming from and kind of traces them back and as she's doing this the guy shows up and is like hey like you know this is what we're here to do we're here to like make sure that violence sort of happens there's too much population you know he gives her the whole the whole spiel which is basically at the beginning of the, the last couple of movies of there's too the population's too high you know there's too many people yeah. so we have to do this is what we need to do to sort of you know even things out and so she yeah. she's like not for it and yeah she gets taken out yeah and so like i kind of expected that marissa tomei would like so the way she gets taken out it's the NFFA guy looks at a TV screen where I guess she's been taken to just some sort of parking lot. And then she just gets assassinated there or like executed there. So it's like like security footage (laughs) and it's very obviously not Marissa Tomei in that scene. So it's like, they couldn't even get her to do a death scene, like a dramatic death scene. Yeah. The side of the movie is really silly, but it's basically kind of there to kick off something, which I do appreciate is, is like the people that the NFFA, the NFFA hired to take out the people in Staten Island are basically just straight up Klansmen in this movie. Yeah. So in the last one, it's yeah, the the militia is they're white supremacists. They have like the Nazi passions, but in this one, we have just straight up dudes in yeah, fucking the clan. <laughs> like yeah. the clan just shows up in trucks with AK forty sevens, and as Naya and <laughs> Isaiah are on the street with like these other uh, the the girls from the church, they're trying to get to safety. She's like, "Yeah, I think it's time to get off the street right now." And I was like, "Yeah, like you, this is no bueno. This is not good." When the clan shows up fully armed and they're ready to go and. There's my favorite line in, in this is the, they're like looking out the window and they're like that's not a like uh, that's not a gang like no that's not an army like no that's a fucking militia no it's like like, like Superman it's a bird yeah. it's a plane like there's like the buildup and I was like yeah this is really really grim and so as they get cornered inside of their project like yeah it's just like Klansmen just kind of sort of uh, what's the word uh, zeroing in or what's the word it kind of is, Closing in on them, basically. So, yeah. It's up to Dimitri to sort of show up and save the day. And it's weird. So, this is, like, it's impossible to talk about these movies without talking about what is happening in contemporary politics. Because these movies movies are about contemporary politics. Um, But, like, there were... There were police officers who were telling right-wing militias at, like, Black Lives Matter protests... Uh, hey, we're going to push them towards you and you could deal with them. Did you see that? No. There was like a militia member who was like being interviewed by someone in a Twitter video and he said, yeah, the police told us we're going to push them towards you and you could deal with them. So shit like this fucking happens. And like, um, like if, if, if Trump gets reelected, 
what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of left-wing protesters uh, out in the streets. And on, on Inauguration Day, there's going to be, you know, a lot of, like, what we've seen, seen at, for the past few Inauguration Days, there's going to be a lot of uh, anarchists, communists, and leftist protesters out there in the street. Yeah, definitely. And now we're going to have fucking Proud Boys and <laughs> all these other fucking right-wingers out here with guns, and they're going to fucking murder people. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny in like our last purse conversation we talked about taking the high road and like you know like that whole thing about no like to, like if you're in a situation like the purge where you know you have this lawlessness yeah you know, yeah i think this movie just kind of satisfies that a lot because they just have dimitri just full on like when his gang shows up and they're just like slicing their throats i was like okay this is what i was looking for <laughs> yeah. in like a purse movie <laughs> like, it, this, it ha- like this movie has a better moral compass than well, the yeah, it's, it like it's a little clunkier to get there but like yeah just the smoke like yeah the smoke well, and the silhouette it was just like okay like it's shot well and it's it's good like i think you guys got it a lot but better. then also so one of the issues this is earlier when i said i want to talk about the role of drug dealers in this movie like so we're happy to see dimitri and his gang taking out the clan. We're happy to see him taking out all of these uh, NFFA stooges. But yeah. at, we already had this speech from Naya where she's saying, 264 days a year, you're the run- one ruining this community. Yeah. So it is weird that this is the guy we're supposed to, to root for. Because I don't think, because he's not the most sympathetic character and he's getting the best action scenes. Yeah, it's it's trippy because they just turn him into Rambo at the end of this movie when he just kind of goes in. By He's himself. a one man army. Yeah, yeah. He like goes in. And he like works his way up floor by floor and kind of just like takes these dude like this whole militia out single handedly. And when he's getting carried out at the end, yeah, it's extremely triumphant. And I, I also had a note about yeah, three ends with an American flag, and this one also ends on the American flag, but the contexts are totally different, in my opinion, as, like, as far as like, oh, yeah. the roads that lead up to those moments of looking at the American flag and kind of like that juxtaposition. The juxtaposition is really interesting. And yeah, it's literally like the entire yeah. black community is like holding this dude. And they're like, as he's, as he's Jesus, you're like, yo, like the lady's like, yo, like, this is the dude. Like he's so-and-so from the black. And like, and, like he's like, like, like kind of doing this pro- proclamation thing as they're carrying him out. <laughs> and then, like they pan up to the American flag. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> it's like, all right. It's like yeah. it's a little bit, little bittersweet, but I, I think it's much more earned in this situation but because the the previous movie when it ends with the american flag and like the hope that this candidate is going to win and end this barbaric practice it's like it's trying to send the message that everything is going to be all right this movie ends with all right by kendrick lamar (laughs) and you know things are not going to be all right because it's a prequel uh yeah it's an interesting dynamic between these two yeah like i really appreciate yeah that song choice yeah versus yeah, that very grim kind of ending. Yeah. Yeah, this movie had the best music out of all of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like, what do you think this movie is trying to say with this idea that you know the drug dealer he's ruining this this uh, this community two hundred sixty four days a year, uh, but he's now the hero of this community, and the villains are the outsiders who it, it's it's acknowledging that this guy is ruining the community from within, but at least he's a part of the community, I guess. And these other people who want to destroy it, they, they aren't even a part of it. So fuck them. 
Like, is that yeah. kind of what this movie is saying? Yeah, and I think it, I, I appreciate it because it's, I don't think it's necessarily tying it to, like, necessarily capitalism, like it had with the, the stores yeah. or like these other things. It's just, like, th- this is their homes, and, like, sort of, yeah, this is where they live, and so they're just trying to, to live through the night. So, yeah, like, it sort of turns, I think, yeah, it kind of morphs him from being this very bad drug dealer to a sort of anti-hero kind of, yeah, like, he has to step up and be a little bit more to the community than just the person providing opportunities through illicit means yeah like it, it does it, that this definitely feels less uh interested in class dynamics than the previous ones like this is more i guess just about like race and community yeah um, definitely because yeah we have this very aryan like white fucking i mean the fucking clan forest. yeah <laughs> yeah they're going through and then yeah even like so- towards the end like there's this the one sequence where like the dudes in the clan are like kind of getting wiped out but then after it's like it kind of switches to like these dudes in military like police riot gear with like blackface masks on mm-hmm. and so yeah it, like it kind of shifts where like, we get like a little bit of both we get like the the very clear pointy hats kind of just getting fucking slaughtered and shit and then we get inside where yeah the daredevil kind of close quarters combat scene where he just strangles this dude who has like the blackface mask on and that yeah and it's a long time it's a a very excruciating moment i was like holy shit yeah and then i think i want to say he like breaks his neck or something or like like i feel like we hear some sort of crack like it's not just that he is he has like suffocated a man like he has broken something <clears throat> yeah, th- yeah, and even said he like says something out of the day. He's like, "Yeah, you motherfucker." He ends it with a little quip too, and so yeah, it's very specific about yeah, it's anti, yeah. anti this fucking outside force. And, so, but, yeah, and I, there's also, I feel like somewhere amongst all this, there's a scene where uh, these cops with these yeah. fucking uh, like s- spiked, studded masks are killing a man on a baseball field. Uh, which I don't know, like, I guess baseball is just all American. Um, yeah, there's like, I was looking at some forums about this after watching this and some people I kind of criticized that for being a little too on the nose, but I think this series has a lot of really on the nose imagery. Yeah, it's not known for its subtlety. Yeah, so this isn't like, they're exploitation films. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, this is not a subtle franchise. And so to have like this entire group of white cops beating this black dude, like near home plate while America the Great is playing in the background, it's it's yeah it's it's fucking very specific what, what they're trying to say yeah. yeah like yeah i think like the last movie had people dressed as uncle sam murdering someone and being like this is what america's all about yeah like, yeah it was like the foreign <laughs> the foreign tourists dressed up yeah. as like, the founding fathers and so yeah i think yeah it has a little bit of that good kind of going out and experiencing the, the chaos of the purge but i think overall it's just more about us versus them the uh, them being like white supremacists and like fucking clansmen and like yeah just that in our modern society yeah and stressing the for the uh importance of community i guess community defense um which is what anti-fascism is i guess yeah um like speaking of going they go low we go high uh i feel like we're so we're recording this on a monday um monday october 5th uh it was one of the reasons it was hard for me to focus when i was watching this movie it's not just because i was you know having a drink but it's because it's been so hard to get away from the news because donald trump was diagnosed with covid (laughs) yeah well even so much well the wasn't the debate last tuesday at like so we 
Like, we recorded our episode on Monday, then the debate was Tuesday, and then we got that news. Last week was when... the fucking longest week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I remember it's after like the, the debate. September took so long. <laughs> after the debate, I was like, it's only Tuesday? <laughs> but When will it end? <laughs> yeah. And then Thursday night, we were awake. Uh, we were about to start watching uh, Fire in the Sky. We, okay. like, we got through the opening credits, and then I saw the news on Twitter, and then we were just like... We were like pacing around, <laughs> like oh, we like we couldn't watch the movie because like there was just so so much to talk about, think about, so many yeah. good memes. Um, yeah, I'm so <laughs> bummed. I was asleep, like I was definitely asleep when it hit, and so I woke up that morning at like five a.m. Yeah, that's got to like, be a oh, weird wow. thing to wake up to. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is <laughs> a new day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but going speaking of going low, they go low, we go high. Joe Biden decided to pull all of his negative ads against Trump because tr- Trump had COVID. And oh, it's like, shit. you fucking, sorry, you fucking know that if it was the other way around, Biden would be like saying, yeah, but, but uh, I mean, be Trump, no mercy. Yeah, yeah, Trump would be like, <laughs> Biden's unfit to lead, like he's too old, you know, you don't want him. This might happen when he's not. What happens if he gets you sick in office? Everything like, in the book, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, gosh. It's like we went from saying this man was a fascist and an existential threat and, you know, saying saying every horrible thing we could to being like, well, we want this fascist and existential threat to get well as soon as possible so that he can go back to being one of the most powerful people in the world. Like, yeah, that the discourse nonsense. on the discourse online is, is so great with like the eggshells of like, I'm just going to just explain explain my rage through emojis with no words because (laughs) i don't want to incriminate myself too much i don't want to wish ill on anybody but also i've been feeling like so angry for the past four years of my life or you know and it's it's frankly like whether okay you we could talk about the morality of whether or not it's okay to hope for someone to die uh you know uh, someone who has directly contributed to the deaths of two hundred thousand people and who put people in con- concentration camps we could talk about children the and, yeah and <laughs> yeah and we could talk about the morality and all, yeah. yeah forced hysterectomies <laughs> we could talk about the morality of wanting someone like that to die uh we we don't need to have that conversation but one thing i think we do need to acknowledge is that it is very funny it is very funny that this guy who downplayed it for so long now has to go through it and like a month before the election like yeah the karma and the timing is just just speaks for itself and that like just just i'm like you can't even see my face right now i'm like I've had, like, my fingers to my eyes. <laughs> uh, just, like, the fact <laughs> that it. they were, like, making fun of Biden for wearing masks. They went to this fucking fundraiser. Nobody's wearing masks. People are hugging each other. Uh, like I was saying today, like, is Donald Trump, he's gonna, is this the way he drains the swamp? Is just, he's gonna completely decimate the ruling class because he refused to wear a mask when he had COVID? Like, yeah. <laughs> My, my favorite take on this is that, like, yep, you rushed a replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and now Cosmic <laughs> Karma is turning around and yeah. getting everyone on your team sick. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's, that's it so is, heavy. It is funny. Like, it's, you can't say it's not funny. Yeah, and that's why, I, like, there was SNL this weekend, and Chris Rock was the host, and he, like, he kind of talked about, yeah, he talked about the entire situation, and just, yeah, there was, a, like, that hint of, yeah, just, you know, you don't want to be too low. And I'm like, no, just, like, 
be like fucking Dave Chappelle when he was up there and just be like, yo, like, give us something a little bit, a little more venom. <laughs> just <laughs> something a little sharper because we could, like, yeah, because these are the same people who joke about running over protesters in their car. These are the same people who donate tens of thousands of dollars to Kyle Rittenhouse because he murdered some protesters. Like, yeah. these people, they joked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. Like, these people don't give a fuck. Like, why do we, they were monsters before. They don't stop being monsters just because they got sick. Like, yeah, seriously. Um, anyway, that's what's been going on in the news. Yeah, the first purge, yeah, definitely a good companion piece for any anxiety you might be feeling. (laughs) Yeah, but like, oh man, like, the purge election night is a good companion piece to what is happening right now, because all of this, it's just as fucking irritating. Uh, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, yeah, anything else we want to touch on on the movie before we move to the next segment um let me just look back at the kind of general notes one more time oh yeah one thing i wanted to mention is that the filming so this movie incorporates a bunch of like white supremacists kkk kkk getting slaughtered action this was shot one month after charlottesville yeah Um, damn so i don't know if they incorporated if that influenced uh the movie in any way because it had already been written but yeah, I'm not, it doesn't feel that immediate, yeah, because it's kind of commenting on 2016 things or, yeah. But, like, you do joke. see you do see people, some of the uniforms of these white supremacists, I don't know if it's already a uniform, because it was the first time I saw it was at Charlottesville, but the, the khaki pants and the white shirts, like... Oh, I, okay. Hmm. Because I thought that that was, uh, I thought that, I honestly, I thought that was a reference to what Trump wears when he goes golfing um oh okay, okay like the the actual white supremacist in our reality who yeah. wear that shit <laughs> yeah. uh but maybe maybe it was already a uniform for these people i don't know yeah maybe um yeah i just i made a note about kind of this movie and how it kind of sees itself is because one thing that like the tagline in this movie is that it's an American tradition. And so I feel like these movies believe that they're very American. And like, do you feel, do you think that these movies believe that they're patriotic? Because like, no, I, I think, like, well, I think, well, this movie is concerned with the destruction of communities of color and to put the tagline on it, American tradition, like it's true. Like it, yeah. it's like, you see people with, um, protest signs that say like racism is so american that when people criticize it they think you're critic when you criticize it they think you're criticizing america yeah, yeah and it's like the implication there being like i'm not criticizing america i'm just criticizing racism it's like no you it's should like that, be criticizing america twisted because... <laughs> twisted confederate logic well, this is our heritage <laughs> it's like, but it's no, like, like you should criticize america it's super fucking yeah. racist like yeah it's fine like it shouldn't be people treat it as like this huge fucking blasphemy to say like yeah the america's super fucking racist like it was founded on it was it was founded on genocide and slavery that's the fact yeah. like and we're we're still dealing with the repercussions of it. Yeah, but I just feel like yeah the the choice of songs and like yeah just the ending on the American flag just makes me feel like yeah these movies have such a different idea of what they are than I don't know than how they're actually getting perceived. shopping today and they're thing. all yeah and they're all in the horror section at the, you know, the DVD store and I feel like yeah they might get kind of lumped in with this different type of genre and this different kind of idea maybe it's yeah i feel like these are part of like there's so many movies now horror thriller type movies that 
I mean, I guess it's just the Jordan Peele stuff that's really political. But then there's all these. Like, are there other highly political horror movies? Uh, Ready or Not, I guess, is a class oh, horror movie. I j- actually just watched one today. Uh, what did you watch? Antebellum. Oh, how was that? I, I heard it, it got, like, mixed reviews. Yeah, it's all right. I, I mean, I was considering suggesting it be something we watch because, yeah, right. I'm, I'm like, still digesting it. And it's really interesting and... Yeah, it, it has a lot of different ideas going for it. Yeah, horror and yeah, race and all that shit. It's super heavy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be down to watch it if we, we want to do that next. Okay. Because it is your turn to pick what, what we watch next. Okay, yeah. I think that might be the choice because it, it kind of ties into, yeah, what we've been talking about socially with just everything going on. And then, yeah, horror, October. And yeah, there's some. I think it has some uh, also some things you might like just as far as movie setups and shit. Uh, I'm really surprised that... So, when I first heard of The Purge, literally all I knew about it was that it was about, uh, you know, a night of lawlessness and people killing each other. And when I first heard about that, I thought it was, like, a... It was exploitative of, like, shooting culture. Like, a mass shooter culture. That's That was yeah. what I first thought. But now that I've watched these movies, I feel like it's probably, like... I, I think it's a fucking great franchise. <laughs> like, the movies aren't exceptional in their quality, but it's nice that we have these, like, horror action exploitation films that they're not subtle. What they're talking about is in subtext. They're very aggressive in what they want to say and how they want to say it. And I don't know. It's just really cool to me that these exist. Yeah, and I like to look at them... Kind of just like, yeah, evolving from going from a smaller space to a larger space. And yeah, I really appreciate the first one. I'm so so about two and three. I like, yeah, I think they work well kind of together more so than they do apart. But yeah, this fourth one I think makes the franchise a lot stronger as a whole because I feel like this one is, yeah, a little bit more in its own direction. It's a lot stranger. And yeah, like as they sort of go on they do their own thing very well and they all have something that that i like even if they're not like fantastic you know they all have something that i remember very vividly and something that like is very thought-provoking to me and so yeah and they could totally just keep pumping them out like because they're all kind of the same they offer the, the same sort of thrills but they're allowed to explore like we haven't really got one like i was thinking this one kind of had a a bit of a uh I don't, I don't know if you call it sexual politics, but, like, the, the gender dynamic was interesting in this one because Naya is uh, advocating for community, advocating for the rejection of the purge and everyone standing together. Uh, but it seems like every man is uh, committed to violence. Although, I guess we do have those two older women um, that we didn't really talk about in the plot. There's those two old women who talk about how people make fun of them that's why they want to participate in the verge yeah and then they just kind of set up a booby trap and that's the last we ever see of them but yeah like even yeah and i guess marissa tomei is like (laughs) she's an instrument of this terror even though she condemns the outside influence um so yeah maybe there isn't really a a gender interesting gender dynamic going on here it's just that naya was a good character yeah maybe that's just as easy as it is yeah i like i don't think it's super deep as far as the three wise men i just i really like them as characters and i I like that you know there's a good kind of visual thing to tie them together and 
yeah, and yeah, they get a good good standoff and a good little shootout to kind of go out with, which is nice. I mean, so, yeah, they might they're not like groundbreaking action movies, but I think they're they have just enough good ideas within them to kind of be interesting and worthwhile. I think the next movie they could do, a, they could explore gender dynamics because we've explored class, we've explored race, but I don't think we've really done that yet. Um, yeah, I was looking at the Wikipedia and like the cast, and I was kind of trying to decipher as much as I could. I think that it might be like Mexico based, or like it might hmm. kind of take place with like a mostly Latino cast, which is I'm really excited about. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Blumhouse is interesting because it's like they make these movies for pretty low budget, relatively low budget compared to you know what's out in theater, uh, and they always make money. And I think a big part of it is because they cast black and brown people in their movies. And most most big studios aren't doing that. And it yeah. turns out we want to see movies. Um, I yeah. think and I think the, I think the like Hispanic population in the United States, like when I last looked uh, over indexed on uh, ticket sales. So like we're going to see movies more than other people. Yeah. That's and I believe it, yeah. And I was gonna say, like, I like this movie so much because I'm a huge fan of the show Insecure. And I don't know if you've ever watched that show with Issa Rae, but no. basically it's like, you know, it's uh it's like a black romance, you know, drama comedy, and she has this one like main r- relationship, but in the first couple of seasons she has this really bad boy kind of music producer, rapper boyfriend, and it's Dimitri, and so like to see him in like this action movie is really satisfying because he's like the total bad guy kind of like <laughs> bad boyfriend in that show and to see him in this movie just like killing clansmen it was just like yeah. so sad it was so satisfying i was yeah. like yes like like this guy is is really good he, he, he did can definitely great. hold yeah and he can like hold an action movie and so yeah, yeah it's, it's good a lot of the performers were i feel like way better than ele- election year uh yeah i don't think there was like i don't know who the weak <laughs> the weak link in this movie is marissa tomei yeah i like the scene a lot when they're inside the house and the 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 militia kind of works their way up like okay like we're gonna we're gonna like fight back and like it's like they put the mattress up and they break it down and like they have this huge gun and she like takes off a a few shots and then the the girl who's like the comedic fucking relief she just like stabs this dude so many times i was like oh my goodness like it just gets this one over the top moment of stabbing and then yeah it just kind of goes back to the serious tone um so yeah touching going back to what i was saying about you know black and brown people we go to the movies um so i don't want to say what capacity i work in but i work in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and this is a lesson that we have learned is that uh our our Hmm. I'm trying to like talk about this as vague as vague zony as I can, uh, totally. because I don't want to like out where I work. Uh, I want to keep you know I like to keep my personal life personal. Um, totally same. Well, same here. <laughs> but uh, but basically, black cinema does really well, and uh, Hollywood is racist. <laughs> they don't invest yeah. in black cinema uh, because they don't believe in it because quality what we what quote unquote quality what we identify as quality film um is it is defined by white bourgeois aesthetics right like it is not defined by uh you or i it's not defined by working class uh it is defined by status and it is defined by the white people in power uh totally and so 
So, yeah, I work at a company that distributes uh, movies and television. And our Black-oriented content does incredibly well. But because there is this mindset that uh, these these this content doesn't satisfy the definition, Hollywood's definition of quality, uh, we kind of hesitate to put this content at the forefront of our distribution. Um, and so, and there is like, if we, if we look to other forms of other interpretations of quality, like budget, like a lot of this content is lower budget, but that is kind of because it's not being invested in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's not being invested in because of, it's a cycle. It's a fucking um, self-fulfilling prophecy that this stuff, you know, like it doesn't, it, like it does, like people would say it doesn't sell, so we're not going to make it. But the thing is, it does, yeah. it does sell. So you should make it's it. That and catch that's... 20, it's that catch 22 of experience. Oh, you need experience to get hired here. It's like, well, like, where do I get experience? I yeah. To, where do I get it? And so the thing that Blumhouse understands is like, we could still make these movies. We can make these movies on a fairly low budget and we'll make back a fuck ton of money. Like how much money did this movie make? Uh, let me see. The budget was 13 million. I, but don't, don't look, Thomas. I'm guess, not looking. <laughs> guess, guess how much money this made. It, its budget was thirteen million. Um, knowing what I know about the series, each one made more than the last one. I think this one made like I, I want to say this one made like at least a cool forty million. Uh, maybe in its opening weekend, this movie made it made. I'll, I'll just say higher. Go higher. <laughs> yeah, it made uh, one twenty. <laughs> uh, a little bit higher. It made it made one thirty seven. Okay. Okay, uh, yeah. and this is probably worldwide. Like in the United States and Canada, it made sixty nine million. Um, no, yeah, so that's that, also. I'm also horrible at guessing numbers. So yeah. yeah, so that, so yeah, sixty nine million close. Just U S. Canada is closer to your your guess. But okay. uh, so yeah, I think this number is worldwide that I'm looking at. But still, it made ten times its budget. Um, yeah, which is insane. Yeah. So and especially because people like kind of fell off with the series as far as like the fans like i mean it, it takes a lot of i don't know it, i don't, don't want to say it, it takes a lot to watch all these movies but usually people kind of tap out after the second one because they're like they the concept just doesn't really quite satisfy what is what they want out of a purge movie or a purge yeah. kind of theme and so but i think it's it's great i think yeah i'm totally yeah. down to see the next one like i want to see the next one in theaters i'm glad i caught up on these yeah, yeah, and it sucks that they're gonna they're pushing it back indefinitely, but we'll we'll hopefully get to see it. That'd be really great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we've talked about that for a good while. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably some good cut moments in there because I kind of paused on the description. Uh. So what have you been watching lately? Um. So yeah, this week. Yeah, like I watched Antebellum, and I'm yeah getting back into. Lovecraft Country, like, can't talk about that enough, but yeah, I want to talk about Antebellum, I don't know if I'll have that be the movie you watch, but I, I recommend it a lot, um, it's really good, I'm excited to watch more horror movies this week, I, like, I just went and bought the whole Final Destination series, oh, really? Old, like, oh, fuck, yeah, one of those, hey, have we, you seen any I've of those? seen, <laughs> I've seen two of them, I think, but we need... Like once we're done with the purge, I, I I mean I think our next movie our next movie in the purge series is going to be the binge probably, which is the uh, the parody. But yeah, yeah. once we're done with that, 
we need a new franchise. Should we just watch the Final Destination movies? Maybe. I, well, ha, do you know which ones you've seen off the top of your head? I've seen the first one, and I've seen one that involves a roller coaster and, like, a subway at the end. Huh. Okay, so if I'm looking, I think that might be three, because it's, it's on the cover. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I have one of those old, like, DVD they are, box, yeah, I'm totally, boxers, I'm, like, a four-movie collection. <laughs> I'm totally down to chat about theirs. Those, they're so fucking dumb, and I haven't been able to commit to watching them. I But they're... They're just stupid fun, so yeah. Yeah, and I think I mean unless six of them now because there was four, there was four, and then there was Final Destination five, and then they had a remake. Unless we want to talk about something with a little more meat on its bones, because I feel like that's <laughs> going to be pretty. I mean, meat on its bones. There's so many actors in these movies. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's so many people to get off. To. <laughs> um. So yeah, you've been watching Annabellum. Lovecraft. Yeah, I watched that. I watched that today, and it's it's a very peculiar movie. Um, I, I I hesitate to make that to be one we have a full discussion on, just because it's it's kind of strange. Okay, but yeah. if if you get around to watching it, it's good for just a, a, a horror movie to kind of involve inside of your rotation. Yeah, it's really thought provoking. It's kind of long, um, but it's it's good. Um. Yeah. This week, I I haven't been watching much. I watched. Another episode of Lovecraft Country. I watched episode two. Um, okay, but like I was not into it. Uh, that first yeah, two's, yeah. Two, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. I want to know what you have to say. I was gonna say so. Um, episode one and two are kind of like a one-two punch, in my opinion. They they really work the best with each other, and hmm. then they after that the series. It turns into a more anthology kind of series okay. as it goes on, and so yeah, that's why there's there's like a lot of debate on like what episodes are good because some some episodes are like really not that great, but there's but there's some that are just like super strong. Okay, and so yeah, like it, it lost me definitely. Like episode two was like kind of wavering. Episode three is even a little shakier, but it kind of it, yeah, it it bring it brought me back around, and so yeah, understandably yeah. If you took a, a break and then watched episode two, it wouldn't be that impactful because yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Like the tone is a little weird, but you know, I'll, I'll see where it's going. I'll keep watching. I didn't watch because we, my wife and I did the movie a day month, which didn't go that well. I think we watched like mm -hmm. 22 movies maybe and <laughs> like nothing really exceptional either. But, um, anyways, then I watched episode two and I was like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Like there's so much, I feel like so much shit happens in episode two that like it could have been a whole season of television and yeah, there, it doesn't people really, describe. <laughs> and it doesn't really spend time building tension. It feels like things are just happening. Uh, so I could not get into it at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some people describe two as like the ending of a trilogy of movies that we haven't seen like a lot of pieces of. And so there's a lot of things that kind of get summarized at the end of that episode, but and yeah, then, it's, 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 it's clunky for like, sure. Like I know it's based on a book, so I kind of got the vibe that they were just like rushing through plot beats. Um, but that's not how you tell a story. Uh, yeah, no. And so I was going to say, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I absolutely love the context and the ideas of the show, but yeah, the direction is the thing I have the most issue with. And like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of like modern music and just, just with the way that they choose to do things that are just in line with, I don't know, typical modern TV tropes and beats that are really frustrating. 
but at the core, like what the show, like the ideas behind it are fantastic and have brought me to tears multiple times. Really? Just cause yeah. Yeah. Cause like as it goes on, it, it's super astro, afrofutur, uh, I guess afrofuturism, whatever mm-hmm. the word is. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, super afrocentric, afrofuturism is super feminist, super progressive. I, there's some stuff in the show where I was like, I was watching it with my dad and I was like, this show's mm, dope. But then it, it, it got kind of like, edgy and dicey with some of the, the sexual politics. And I was like, oh, he, he's going to be done. He's, he's not going to be, he's, he's going to hate the show, but he kept watching. And I was like, oh, shit. Shout out to dad for like, you know, <laughs> sticking with the show that like is definitely challenging gender norms and a lot of things. And so, yeah, it, it, it bites off so much. And so, yeah, it, it kind of falls short on some things, but overall it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, I wonder if it's more special to watch with an older person like yeah so you're black so it's like probably bringing something different to the table emotionally and also watching it with your dad that's probably there's probably like a generational uh yeah and there's some yeah there's some things where i'm like oh this is kind of obvious and kind of cheap and there's other things where they nail the experience and a lot of the fear and a lot of paranoia very mm. well. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too. I don't want to spoil too much. But the last episode was about Emmett Till, mm. and yeah, it, it's just, it's fucking fuck. dark. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, just it's, it's, yeah, just yeah, you saying that is like fuck. I don't know if I can yeah. take that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I was thinking about that with Annabellum too, and I was like, yeah, like slavery as far as like topics are really hard to kind of just sit down and watch. Cause I was like, yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's excruciating. It's a painful topic and to draw horror and to draw comedy or even dark comedy from those things. It's really challenging. Yeah. And so yeah, Lovecraft is... country, it kind of does that where like it tries to have some dark jokes and it tries to have some very real raw moments. And so yeah, the tone is all over the place, but overall it's like, okay, this show is great, but yeah, it just has some, some issues, some just some, some tweaks that it needs to have. Yeah, that's something I was thinking about, and like it's what do we do to these real horrific events when we fictionalize them and distort them by introducing fantasy into it? And like, it doesn't. I don't like. Like, if you're telling a story well, then it's not going to rob, uh, you know, these horrors of their impact, their emotional impact. Yeah, but, correct. like, what is the cultural effect of all of these pieces of media doing this? I don't have the answer to that, but it's something I'm interested to think about. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I like I like it a lot for the conversations it can kind of spark. It, Yeah, it is not a perfect TV show by any means. I even There's even some episodes where I, as soon as I finished it, I was like, I felt like I was watching The Walking Dead with how frustrated I was <laughs> like, by watching that. Just because, yeah, there's some episodes where I'm just like, the editing and just the execution of it is frustrating. But I'm like, I can see the idea and like the intent is dope and the intent is really good and so yeah that's that's how i feel about lovecraft it's super conflicting hmm. yeah well fuck man like now i have to keep watching it i was yeah, like episode episode three is rough if you didn't like two episode <sighs> three is, is tough okay because yeah emily put on episode three the other day and I, she was like do you mind if i watch this like do you do you not care anymore and i was like yeah go ahead whatever like i was like working or something uh or i think i was playing super mario <laughs> uh, for sure but uh yeah, so now I feel like I have to power through this. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, that, so the other thing I'm doing, the other thing I'm watching, um, it's not, I'm not watching anything. I'm playing Squadrons, the new Star Wars game. 
um it's like okay it's uh you're just like piloting x-wings and tie fighters and stuff but it's in vr so it is fucking oh. rad uh i played it last night with my buddy and when you get a kill streak going and like you're in vr in the cockpit of a tie fighter like <laughs> you feel fucking amazing like you feel like an ace pilot uh nice so yeah it's very cool um very excited about that that's all for nice, me yeah yeah vr sounds sweet i might need to hop on that this christmas season <laughs> uh do you have a good computer all right yeah i got an all right computer uh look look up I've... if you can run vr on your computer because i'm probably going to get a new headset and i have this like i want to so they're coming out with a new headset that's wireless um the headset i have is wired and it requires uh sensors i have four sensors <laughs> set up all around the room um, okay. So gotcha. it's just a lot to like, like a lot to have hook up, hooked up, and we're gonna be moving, and we're gonna be in a smaller room. So I'm like, I want to upgrade to like uh, a wireless one. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if uh, if your computer can run it, I'll I'll fucking hand this one off to you. Yeah, I'd greatly appreciate it. Then <laughs> yeah. I can be Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, sweet. And also, uh, just to mention other movies I might watch before the next time we talk to each other is a uh, Hostel, and I might check out oh, the first those are, one. Those are a lot. I've, I've never seen I've never seen them, so it was a a cheap double Blu-ray. So yeah, I saw the second one first. I watched in a horror class, um, and yeah, you've okay. seen Solo, right? Yeah. So it's just it's just hyper violent Solo. Um, it's yeah it's not as interested in the uh sexual torment of people it's just the sexualized violence or i don't know if that's the right term it's not hmm yeah i feel like sexualized (laughs) violence makes people think of sexual violence like rape yeah it's not that it's like people it's just sadism it's like people yeah yeah like killing each other or but they're like getting off on it (laughs) Uh, totally so, yeah, I'm, I just want to get into the horror mood. Just watch yeah, a lot. Those are of fucking movies heavy movies. <laughs> so yeah. enjoy. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, like I, 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 any horror movie if it's heavy like that or silly like Final Destination, I'm I'm down for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spooky, spooky October, spooky season. Yeah. All right. So we might watch Antebellum. We might not. Uh, we'll find out next episode, I guess. Yeah, it'll if it's not Antebellum, it might be uh, it might be Final Destination. All right, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. All right, so that wraps things up then. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Daniel. Yeah. I'm Thomas, and thank you for listening. Oh.